Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Church. Uh, we are an online church. Yes, we are. And beside me is the incredible, delightful and all-round good egg, who is slightly poorly, uh, Dan Dan Orange. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I might have a few coughing fits. Um, hope you're fast on the mute button. <laughs> just, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just mute Dan there a little bit while he's having a bit of a cough. Uh, there we go. Welcome. Welcome to Crowd Church. Great that you're here and great, Dan, that you're here as well. Thanks for joining us despite the uh, the cough. And just, uh, do we all have to wear masks? Is it COVID? It's not COVID, so we're okay. safe. So it's, I don't need web. to put my mask on? No. Okay, good. It's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, uh, do uh, extend warm love and hugs to Dan in the comments, I'm sure he would appreciate it. Either that or just do what blokes normally do, which is make fun of each other when they're ill. Uh, either way, it works. So um, yeah, do, do do that. So welcome to Crowd Church. For those, if you, this is your first time with us, a very, very warm welcome to you. Uh, we do church, but we just do it online. Um, and we we kind of hopefully do it in an, in an authentic way, an accessible way, a fun way. We do like to have a little bit of banter, being English. It's part of who we are. Um, uh, but we just love to talk about Jesus uh, and just understand how his truth helps us live a more meaningful life. So uh, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are watching this, if you're watching it live, you're watching it on catch up. It's great that you're here. Uh, if you are Very live, make sure you say hi in the comments as well, because... Why would you not, right? Uh, if you would uh, like to say hi in the comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got folks on Facebook. We've got folks on YouTube. Uh, we've got, let's see who we've got in the comments here. We've got Jeff. The Bainons are on the comments. I got Sadaf and Jeff mixed up. They're a husband and wife team, and I thought Sadaf had hacked Jeff's account last week, but apparently she didn't. It was Jeff. So when it says Jeff, Dan, it's really Jeff. Okay. Uh, so I was Jeff's concerned here. last, <laughs> when I was watching last week, so I didn't quite know what was going on. <laughs> Yeah, it was just me confusing everybody uh, is basically what I did. Uh, Vicky's here with us. Hey, Vicky. Hey, Matt. Now, Matt apparently has had uh, Matt Crew, who's in the comments, has had his booster jab. So his arm's a little bit sore. So, you know, send him love and hugs as well. He's a little bit drowsy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, John Farrington. John Farrington is moderating the comments today. So um, if you see Crowdchurch commenting on Facebook, that's John behind that. And I know he's also commenting as John on YouTube. So a big warm welcome to John. Make sure you say how's it to him. Uh, so yeah, great to see everybody here. Now, Dan, I'm asking yes. this question. I, I don't even know if you know the answer because we didn't talk about this before we <laughs> went live. <laughs> What's coming up, Dan? Well, <laughs> I might have to wing it a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I know there's a great talk from Anna. Yes, Anna Kettle will be talking about grief, which mm. is going to be amazing. Um, I'm very interested to hear what she's got to say mm -hmm. um, on the subject. Yeah, well, and I'm sure she shares a some... bit of a story as well. So yeah, yeah. Now looking mm. forward to it. Sure, sure. There'll be some, a lot of questions. 
yeah after that talk yeah yeah they will so if you do have questions or comments uh throughout the live stream throw them in the comments we have something called conversation street uh, a little bit later where we take your questions your comments and dan and i are going to chat about them and talk about them we have some of them here already which you know we always like to pre-prepare so people do send stuff in um, so we have some of the questions and stuff which we're going to go through here. But if you do have, if it raises anything, we are talking about grief um, and we do want to be sensitive. So if you are struggling with something, if you are, if if this brings something up um, and you want to reach out to somebody, you would like us to pray for you because, you know, uh, as Christians, we believe prayer works. You can reach us via the website or via the WhatsApp number, which you see on the screen. We would love to hear. Mm, absolutely. So um, and do, yeah, do send stuff in if you if you want to connect. Uh, with what's going on so yeah today is what does the bible say about grief with uh, as john farrington put in the comments with the lovely anna kettle yes so we've got that coming up after the talk we have uh, our, uh just a small sort of worship section um after that we've got like I say conversation street dan and i are going to get into your questions and comments uh, and the whole thing's going to last about 60 minutes so we we usually aim to finish around 7 p.m here in the uk uh, it's now 605 so we'll be here in another 50, 55 minutes. But like I say, do say hi in the comments. It'd be great to see you. Dan, have I missed anything? Uh, everything that I knew about that you said. <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> Five stars. Okay, so uh, if you are new to Crowd, then let me just explain to you what is going on. We are doing a series called What Does the Bible Say About? And we ask, what does the Bible say about key topics? Like we've talked about science. We've talked about, um, uh, well, we're talking about grief today, for example. What does the Bible say about grief? And digging into that topic a little bit more. Uh, that's what Anna Kettle is going to talk about for about 20 minutes um, before we head into the worship time. So without further ado, I'm going to push this button on my control panel here. And we are going to listen to Anna and then Dan and I will be back very soon. Here we go. today I'm answering the question what does the bible say about grief I wanted to start just by saying that if you're grieving whether that's the recent loss or loss of someone in the past I'm so sorry losing someone we love is just always really hard um I really hope that this talk offers you some small encouragement at this difficult time I also wanted to just acknowledge um I'm no stranger to grief myself and in fact it's something that I've been through quite a lot over the last few years, um, particularly as I've walked through several recurrent miscarriages. And in fact, in one year, um, I even lost two babies within the space of less than six months. So for me and my husband, grief is quite a familiar experience. 
And although I certainly don't have all the answers, it's a subject which is pretty close to my heart and something that I've had to wrestle with a lot in the last few years. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, I'll talk a bit more about my experience as we work through this, but I just wanted to really pick out six things that have been really helpful to me in thinking about these big subjects of death, grief, and how we find hope in the midst of the grieving process. It's a big topic. Um, I certainly won't do it full justice today, but hopefully it'll give you some key pointers that you can take away and start to think about. So the first point I wanted to look at is the fact that everyone grieves. You know, culturally, we don't always like to think or to talk about death very much. We certainly don't like to think or talk about the fact that we might die or that loved ones might die. You know, and that's probably understandable to a certain degree, but it also means that when it happens, we're not always well prepared for it. And certainly that was my experience before miscarriage. I didn't really have the emotional tools or um, the ability to sort of know how to process my grief well. And also I found that a lot of people around me didn't either, that either they didn't know what to say, so they just didn't say anything, or they didn't know how to deal with it, so they just avoided me for a season. And, you know, that's not great either. So this is why it's important to talk about grief, because everyone grieves. Grief is sadly a common feature to being human. It's something that's guaranteed to come to all of us at some stage in life. You know, Ephesians 2, uh, Ephesians 9 verse 2 in the Bible puts it like this. Everyone will die someday. Death comes to godly and sinful people alike. It comes to good and bad people alike. And, you know, since everyone eventually dies, it means we'll all face grief in life. So even if you're not grieving right now, it's really worth taking some time to think about the subject. Not only will you have to deal with it at some point, but there'll also be people around you right now who are grieving, whether that's neighbours, work colleagues, friends or family. And it's really helpful to be able to understand how to talk to them about it and to know how to support them best. The second point I want to talk about grief um, with is that grief can raise really big questions. So when we lose someone, it tends to bring up a lot of pain and pain raises a lot of questions um, about big spiritual matters, questions like who is God? What's the point of life? Why did God let this happen? Um, why me? Why them? Why now? Why does God allow suffering? You know, why didn't he intervene and heal someone? And um, how can I believe God loves me when he allows me to feel so much pain? And honestly, these are big questions and I don't have fully formed answers for all of them. I wish I did because there's certainly questions that I've asked in my seasons of grief. But I don't because I'm not God. What I do know, though, is that it's not wrong to have these questions. It is totally human and it's totally understandable to have questions about why things happen and in fact even Jesus himself when he walked on this earth as a human being questioned God in the face of his own death you can literally read about this in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 27 verse 46 the very last words that he utters on the cross before he dies when he's facing his own death is this my God my God why have you forsaken me 
Now, I find that an incredible thought, that even the divine would question the divine in the face of death and grief. So in some ways, I find that incredibly reassuring, that it must be okay for us to have questions about our pain and suffering too. The third point I want to make about grief is that grief wasn't God's plan for us. I think perhaps this is one of the reasons why we find grief so difficult to deal with as human beings. It's because of exactly this. Death was never actually meant to be a part of God's plan for us. It wasn't his original design for us as human beings to have to deal with it. Death and grief was not something he wanted us to experience or to have to deal with at all. And in fact, this is something that we learn right at the beginning of the Bible, in the very first book of Genesis, right at the beginning of the story of mankind. In chapter three, we're told about Adam and Eve, who were the very first human beings that ever walked the earth. And they were made to live eternally in relationship with God and to never have to die. We can read all about this in chapter three. And it says they walked and talked with him in the garden. This garden was called Eden. And basically, it's like this paradise. There's no pain, no sickness, no fear, no sadness, no conflict, no war or death. Sounds amazing. And it was. But then they messed things up and they disobeyed God by eating from this one tree that he told them not to touch or eat from, lest they die. And you can read the whole story about this in Genesis 3. But really, my main point in bringing it up here is that simply to make this point that death wasn't God's original design for us and that's why we struggle to deal with it and it's really easy to feel angry and to have questions and to blame God when we're hurting particularly when we're hurting because somebody's died but the truth is that it wasn't God's plan for us and knowing this and remembering this I found goes some way at least to answering some of the spiritual questions that grief brings up for me the next point I wanted to make was that God promises to comfort us in our grief. In fact, the Bible tells us over and over again that God doesn't just abandon us to grief. He doesn't just leave us to deal with it on our, on our own, but he draws close to us. He cares about our grief and pain and he wants to be involved. He doesn't just leave us to grief, but he promises to comfort us and to draw near us as we go through the grieving process. An example is in Psalm 24, verse 18. It says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves all those who are crushed in spirit. And likewise, in Psalm 56, verse 8, it says, you keep a track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. And I think that is just such a beautiful picture of how intimately God cares about our sadness and our heartbreak, that he would collect every tear. Perhaps, perhaps the most... Um, reassuring verse that I've come across is in John eleven thirty five, which is one of the gospel accounts of Jesus's life. It's actually the shortest verse in the whole Bible. And it says this, simply that Jesus wept. Those two words, Jesus wept. And it's written about the death of his close friend, Lazarus. And I think that whole story is just such a great reminder that in Jesus, we have a saviour who doesn't just sympathise with our pain from afar, but actually he fully understands because he's been there too. He's walked in the same shoes as us and he knows what it is to lose people he loves as well. Perhaps though, the most outrageous claim in the Bible about God's comfort to us in our grief 
is that is found in Matthew 5 verse 4, another one of the gospel accounts of Jesus's life. And in it, he preaches that blessed are those who mourn or grieve, but they will be comforted. Now, I don't know about you, but I just find this an incredibly mind-bending idea that people who grieve are blessed. Because when you're in the middle of grief, it really doesn't feel like a blessing. And I've wrestled with this idea for a long time. And I think maybe this is where I land. It's that the blessing probably isn't in the grief or the loss itself, but rather the invitation that grief can present, which is to experience God's comforting presence in a much deeper fuller, more rich way than perhaps we've ever needed to know before. And I'm sure it probably goes without saying that for me, I would never have chosen recurrent miscarriage to be a part of my story. If I could do the, his, do the last few years of life again and, and erase it, I would choose that every time. But at the same time, I also know that if I never walk through that kind of grief and loss, there'd be parts of God's character that I wouldn't have experienced yet as well. This brings me on to my next point, which is that it's possible to grieve with hope. You know, grieving is a really hard process and I, I don't make light of it. It's hard, it's tough, it takes a long time to get through. And yet, as a Christian, it's possible to go through all those emotions like anger and sadness and confusion and shock and denial and all of those emotions that are common to the grieving process. It's possible to go through all of that, but also to know this underlining sense of God's hope and peace, even in the midst of those darkest moments. And that hope comes from knowing that death is not the final end. You know, this is really the crux of the Christian faith. In John 3, verse 16, which is probably the most well-known verse that there is in the whole Bible, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And likewise, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. <clears throat> so, of course, it's still so sad to lose someone as a Christian. It's a really painful thing and there's no way to bypass that grief because, of course, we'll still miss that person being with us here and now. But at the same time, there is this incredible hope and comfort that we can know as believers in Jesus that, that we can find in, in looking forwards to heaven and in knowing that we'll see that person again someday in eternity. The final point I want to make about grief is that it can be transforming. You know, grief is not something that any of us get any choice or control over. We don't choose how or when we die or when people around us die. And we don't really get to choose how we feel about it either. But I do think that what we do with it is a choice what we do with our grief as a choice. I've spoken to so many other grievers over the last few years who've experienced similar things to me around um, baby loss and miscarriage. And um, it's really clear to me that loss is something that imprints quite deeply on the human soul and it leaves us forever changed for better or for worse. To coin a 
popular phrase, we can either get bitter or we can get better in our pain. And there's this verse um, that, um, in a letter from Paul, which is in 2 Corinthians, verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. It says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with comfort we ourselves receive from God. So this verse doesn't just say that God comforts us in our grief, which is part of the equation that we've already unpacked. But it says more than that. It's like a double blessing. We don't just have the comfort for ourselves, but we can also extend that comfort to others who are hurting too. And, you know, that's certainly been my experience of going through the grieving process. You know, I've experienced God's comfort in really hard times, but also through my own grief process, I've discovered deeper empathy for others who are hurting too, for other grieving mums, for example. And so much so that last year I helped um, set up a miscarriage network with a few friends to help support other women facing a similar thing. And, you know, that is not something I would have done before. Going, th going through this myself, you know, I wouldn't have particularly been an empathetic person who would have got alongside grieving mums otherwise. So definitely grief can be transformative, but um, that's the part that is our choice because it's only if we take our pain to God and allow him to comfort us and to heal us instead of allowing our pain to make us bitter and angry and to push us away from him. So here's the question that I want to I want to just finish on. And it's this. Will we allow God to enter into our pain and our sadness? And will we trust him with all of those broken pieces of our heart and allow him to take them and to create something new from it? That's the question and that's the choice. So I'll just finish with a short prayer for us. Lord, I pray for all those who are grieving right now, whether the loss was recent or a long time ago. I pray that you would bring your comfort where people are hurting, healing where everything seems broken, peace where there's questions that are raging, and hope where it feels like there's only despair. Lord, your word promises that you are the God who draws near to the brokenhearted. So I really want to pray that you would grant us the courage to draw near to you, even in our pain, and that in doing so, we would experience you drawing near to us too. Amen. Amen. Uh, what a talk that was by Anna. An incredibly emotive topic, uh, very real. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I, I was basically saying amen. Um, it was an incredibly emotive topic there uh, that uh, Anna talked about, wasn't it? A very, it's not an easy topic, uh, but just a wonderful way in which she talked about it. So how about you guys? So what we're going to do now, um, we are going to do a time of worship and reflection. We're just going to play a song. Um, and you can sing along if you like. You can uh, just read the words, let them minister to you. Um, and and we're going to do that for a couple of minutes, and then Dan and I will be back for Conversation Street. Uh, feel free to share your comments, your thoughts, your stories, your memories, as some of you uh, have been doing already in the comments um, of, of lost loved ones. Um, maybe just use this time of worship and reflection just to remember people. 
um, who we've lost, uh, loved and lost along the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to get into all of that in Conversation Street afterwards. So let's jump straight into it. We're going to do a song called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And it's good to remember this, uh, the truth of these words in a time of grieving. So uh, Dan and I'll be back in a few minutes after this. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of sin his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory
Well, welcome back. Uh, so we are asking the question, what does the Bible say about grief? We've just had a talk by Anna Cattle. An amazing talk that was too. Uh, Dan, we were talking about, I mean, Dan and I talked to each other whilst the music was going on uh, yeah. in worship, and we were both saying that was an incredible talk. Um, but, yeah, just, Anna, that was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, really good, really, really good. And I think the thing to remember uh, is that Anna's talk comes from a place of mm -hmm. having to deal with it uh, and having to face the grieving process much more um, than maybe a, a, many of us have had to face in the past. And I... I just I, I I don't know how to how to put it other than just to say it was it was super inspiring that somebody who has gone through the pain that she has and the loss that she and Andy has and to come out with those six things at the end of that I think is incredible um, yeah. and um, just a real softness of heart and a real humility and beauty towards God which I just I thought was amazing so thank you Anna for doing that and thank you for sharing uh, yeah much, thanks very much, much appreciated. So, um, Dan, what what stood out to you in the talk? I mean, if the, the, I mean, there was obviously a lot in there that Anna talked yeah. about, but what what I wrote a lot down. I have to be honest with you, I got two pages of notes, and so um, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but what stood out to you? I think um, I just thought it was amazing. I thought uh, um, vulnerability to be mm. able to bring that and to convey what she'd been through herself and to to let us know and and just to show us that um what she's learned from it learn seems a funny thing to say but well, not mm. funny but a strange thing to say but like she, she mentioned at the end mm. it has changed her life and mm. she's been able to help people through it mm. if she went back in time she wouldn't want to do it again but she can because she's been there and i thought yeah. that was that was what struck me yeah yeah she asked a really interesting question at the end didn't she where she said that um and john's put it here in the comments will we allow god to enter into our pain and our sadness will we trust him with all the broken pieces of our heart and allow him to take them and create something new mm. uh, i thought I mean, whether you're grieving or whether you're not grieving, that's a that's a fascinating question right there. You know, it's quite a challenging question. Um, so yeah, I I the, the the thing for me, you can grieve with hope. Um, that was that I I guess having been through uh, loss, having gone through loss with people, you know, sort of by their side. The one thing that we, we well, I say the one thing, one of the things that we have as Christians is this concept of hope, right? That actually the end is not the end um, and that there is more to life than just a few years on earth and then, you know, uh, experiences kind of loss. Um, so she put here that, you know, you, you can grieve in hope. So I guess one of my questions to you, Dan, is how would you define hope? If someone said to you, what is this hope that you have? How would you explain mm. that? Well, that's a little question. <laughs> I just thought I'd go straight in there. Bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it always comes to the verse that says we have a hope that is steadfast and certain. Mm. I think outside of the Bible and outside of Christianity, perhaps we can think of a hope as a wish. Mm -hmm. And it's not a wish. Our hope in Jesus Christ is steadfast. It's not going anywhere. 
Mm. And because of that hope, we can trust in him. Mm. And and to me, that's, yeah, that is when I, I've not experienced grief in a sort of immediate sense. I've experienced it through my, my wife, um, through friends and, but I know they've got that hope mm. in a resurrection, that hope that is steadfast and mm. without it, I don't know yeah. how you get through these things. Um, and I'm just glad that we can, mm-hmm. you can trust in that. Jeff put in the comments here and thanks for your uh, comment, Jeff. Uh, I recently lost my gran, uh, sorry to hear about that, who had declining health. Um, along with grief, there is a, there was a strange sense of relief. Um, is that compatible with the Bible's view on how life is viewed as sacred? That's a really interesting question, isn't mm. it? Because it's like, um, I, I again, it's a certain people who suffered with long-term illness, you know, there's... There's a comfort almost, I mean, there's the loss and we mourn their loss, but there's also comfort that there's no more pain, right? And um, there can almost be a sense of guilt that goes alongside that, which says, you know, I'm happy that they're now pain free, but actually, is how do I actually feel about that? Do you mean, so, so I get I get where Jeff um, has come from here. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting question. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this, Dan. Not really, no. I, I read that and I thought, yeah, it, it's one of those um, horrible situations, really, that we, we're we losing someone, but mm. but we are knowing that their, their pain has gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, um, there's a, there's an interesting verse in the Bible. I mean, the Bible's full of interesting verses, but there's there's a verse that says that precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his servant. And so it talks, which talks about the preciousness of the death. So when there is a passing of one of God's people, it is precious in the eyes of God. And I think part of the answer for me comes down to how we perceive death and what that actually means. Because death isn't the end. The Bible actually in the New Testament a lot of time talks about death as um, the death of Christians as in it uses the word sleep. They have fallen asleep. It's like become the ultimate sleep, if that makes sense. And at some point they're going to wake up from that. Do you know what I mean? And there's there's sort of this really interesting twist in terms of how God views death as a sort of a form of sleep. Mm. And so... I would say that, yes, life is sacred, um, but precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his servant. And I think um, God sees it, God feels it. And I think there is a case of actually uh, when, I mean, as Christians, we believe, don't we? When we get to heaven, the Bible talks about there being no more pain. I think Anna touched on this. There is no more death. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. There are no more tears. Um, And and that concept of heaven for me, like my uncle passed away with cancer and um, I had to do his funeral. Um, I took his funeral, which was, uh, I, I've never done a, the funeral of a family member. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was, it was beautiful, but at the same time, it was just, it was new. It was a bit unusual. Do you know what I mean? And I, I kind of, what do you say? Um, how do you bring hope in that situation? Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, you know what, he, he, he died of an illness, um, 
he passed away he was in pain there is now heaven where there is no more pain and life is sacred but life carries on and it is eternal and there is this passing and in that passing there is no more death and i can rejoice in that um, and be happy that actually my uncle is now pain free do you know what i mean and i i still think that celebrates the sacredness of of life is how i would answer that question jeff so i hope that's yeah. helpful um but I, I i do agree that actually it's uh it's a fascinating one fascinating question um so thank you for that uh what did jesus say about those who mourn that's a great question and again anna touched on touched on this in matthew 5 verse 4 she said Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Well, she didn't say Jesus said it, and Anna just repeated what Jesus was saying. Um, What did you think to uh, Anna's comment there about this whole idea of being blessed when you mourn, and that was something that she had to wrestle with? Yeah. There's a a verse that I came across this morning, and um, the message translation, if anyone's new to Christianity, um, I really recommend that you get the message translation of the bible it's not a a literal translation it paraphrases things and makes things very easy to understand and brings them across very well um and the man that translated it wrote this if your heart is broken you'll find god right there if you're kicked in the gut he'll help you catch your breath and i think that comes some way to some sort of sum that up that he's that comforter he he helps you catch your breath he he's there to put his arms around you he's there Mm. to say i am god be blessed and Mm. i don't know how that blessing works but i know he's a god that is a a father Mm. that is a loving god um that we can that we can trust in yeah i i I agree with that it's a wonderful verse that's a wonderful version of that verse too Mm. Um, and I think for me, it comes down to how you interpret the word blessing. And so in, in our sort of culture, blessing is, you know, uh, I'm blessed means I'm fit, well, and wealthy. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of God's blessed me because I've, I've got a beautiful wife or God's blessed me because I've got a new car. And that's maybe true. Do you know what I mean? But I think actually blessing is a much deeper concept and it's a much deeper idea than just that do you know what I mean and I think that's quite surface level and I think it goes much deeper and I love how Anna talked about actually in mourning you are there is a comfort um from God that you can get and in that comfort there is there is blessing there is a blessing from God it's it's not fit well and wealthy but it is still blessing do you know what I mean and I um I think it's an, it's just an extraordinary concept because it challenges a lot of notions that you have around blessing and about how life should be um, and and so on and so forth. In fact, one of the questions that came in was, why does God allow suffering? Because the root of all this grief is a pain, is suffering, and why does God allow that? Which is probably, Dan, one of the deep theological questions uh, that we get asked an awful lot uh, in our Christian journeys. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the points that Anna mentioned would, was that grief can be transforming. Mm. And, and transformation and change is often hard. Um, and grief is you know, more than hard. It's gut-wrenching. Um, but it is transformation. 
Mm. And it is something that, like Anna said, she's been able to help others through that situation. I know my one of my, my best friends, I started work 30 years ago with him, and um, he lost both his parents about you know a while ago. And it's been horrendous, but he was such a comfort to Lisa, my wife, when her dad died because he'd been through it and he was able to share. He was able to actually say, I've been through this. Um, would he want to go through it again? <laughs> no. But because of that, it was something that he's been able to help others through. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, and I think it, what's interesting, though, about what you say is actually it was hard for him and he has been mm. able to help others. And that's the story from Anna. It's been hard for her, but through that, mm. she's been able to help others. Nicholas said, in the last six years, I've had to live with grief. The most hardest was the death of my mum, as it was not expected at all. And it's been very, very tough. And I think, um, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about your, your I mean, I know, I know the story of Nicholas' mum. So again, sorry, Nicola, it's... Um, it is tough, even as Christians, even with hope, even with a belief in Christ, grief is still a complex thing yeah. and it is still tough. It's still a um, loss. It's yeah. It's getting to grips with things that you did, people you spoke to, people you can't anymore. It's a yeah. Mm. It's a part that's gone. Mm. Yeah, it is. And I, I Anna talked again, I'm just I'm just basically stealing all of Anna's good ideas. I mean she she talked about how um, you know, what was num point number two? I think it was, yeah, pain raises lots of questions. Um, and it does raise lots of questions, you know, why God, why suffering? Why have you allowed this to happen? And you know what? I have I don't know if I've got all the answers. In fact, I know I haven't got all the answers. Jeez, I wish I did. Um, like Anna, I wish I had the answer. There's a couple of things that I do know. One, it was never God's original plan, which again, Anna, Anna touched on. And two, God enters our suffering with us. Um, which is the most extraordinary truth of the gospel, that actually there is pain and there is suffering. And Jesus gets right into the middle of it, um, you know, through the death, burial and resurrection. He gets involved in the suffering of humanity. He suffers himself. He takes upon himself our pains and our sorrows, our griefs. Um, the verse that you read out earlier, Dan, I mean, it's just incredible that he gets involved with it. And I, and I find that is one of the most comforting thing about the Christian faith is actually God, you know, God, God, the God of the universe um, steps down and gets involved in the suffering of humanity. And yeah. he rides along with us and he goes, in all of this, I'm with you and I will comfort you. Uh, he doesn't say you will never experience this. You'll never experience loss. It's like this. No, no, no. In the middle of this, I am with you and I will comfort you. Uh, and it's um, it's it's an incredible truth, I think. You know the the whole um, the whole idea of Christ entering our suffering with us. Yeah, but it, in Isaiah it says that um, Jesus was a, a man of sorrows, acquainted mm. with grief. And again, the Message translation changes that to he knew pain firsthand. When Anna talked about. On the cross, he said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" This is mm. this is God. God and Jesus have been one through eternity, 
forever mm. and they were separate. I mean, that is loss. That mm. is separation. That is, um, he experienced extreme loss mm. for us. Um, so I believe it's true. He can say, yeah, I've been there. I know what you're going through because yeah. I've experienced that, that separation. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Now, let me just reiterate at this point, uh, if you are, if you are uh, in the grieving process and you are struggling and obviously there is a real point, again, just to echo what Anna said and what Dana said, we're very sorry for your loss. Mm, um, absolutely. It's, it's not great. Um, but there is hope. Uh, in the midst of that and there is encouragement and if you would like anyone to pray for you uh, then please do reach out to us via the website or via the whatsapp number um we would love to pray for you we would uh, in whatever way that we can help so do let us know now sadaf dan has written here that grief is a continuous process um that is sometimes very raw and other times more muted uh so it's very up and down which mm. I, I I know exactly what she means, and I and yeah. I, I I get that. Um, how does your relationship with Jesus help you transform more into His likeness as your grief ebbs and flows? In other words, I I guess what Sadaf's getting: How does your relationship with Jesus help you transform more into His likeness as your grief ebbs and flows? How does this whole process of grief um, can be transforming? You know that Anna talked about. How do, how does that work? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think like we we said, if there was a just a, a one answer, we we would say it, but there isn't, is there? There is okay. this um there's trigger points that you know that that bring grief just like a sucker punch right to you, and then there's times when you feel that this is something I, I can deal with. Um and I, yeah, I don't know how that helps us transform, but I know it does. Like Anna said, as long as we don't let that to be something that makes us bitter, then it can be something that ha- yeah. you know we can allow God to help us in that in that pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd. In a few weeks' time, we're going to do a talk called "What Does the Bible Say About Cancer," and that is. Um, that talk has actually been recorded already. It's an interview that I do with a beautiful, beautiful lady called Annie. Uh, and you're going to get to hear Annie's story about cancer. And obviously with cancer, there's um, there was a lot of grieving in some respects to be done, not necessarily because of the loss of life, but maybe the loss of a way of life. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 it, and it, it kind of... Um, I'll let her tell a story. I'm not going to... Just stay tuned, subscribe and all that sort of stuff if you want to hear Annie. It's just an incredible story. And one of the things about Annie, uh, having known her for a year, for years, and I'd say the same about Anna, having known Anna for a little while, what, what you can come away with from their story is actually grief, loss, tragedy hits everyone, the Christian and the unchristian alike. Um, what you can't do is stop that what you can do is respond or respond is maybe the wrong word what you can do is decide how you're going to come out of it or how you're going to work through it or how you're going to be as you go through the grieving process so to come back to Sadov's question about becoming more Christ-like I find both Anna and Annie's story 
so inspiring so inspiring because they go through all this horrendous stuff and they come out through the other end the most beautiful and incredible and humble people wanting and willing to help others and um, full of the love of God demonstrating the love of Christ in a way that is just inexplicable and I I don't know about you Dan I the people that have gone through tragedy and come through it with just a real sweet heart for me are the most inspiring people yeah the most inspiring absolutely. people by far yeah and I think that's what struck me about Anna's talk that she was able to yeah she just showed her her beauty mm. in that in that talk that God had brought out through her through that experience yeah it's amazing yeah it is it is and so again just grief can be transforming and I think whatever you're going through God can work still through you uh and you know it's not over I think that's you know that's the story of hope this thing is not over um it's not the end and things can be different um the actual outcome might not be different but you might be different and I think you know God might help you to bring difference to other people when you um you mentioned about your your mates um and, and stuff who have suffered grief let's let's talk about this from the other side because we've talked about you know grief a lot from if you're going through it when people are going through the grieving process how did what's the best way to help somebody do you think what's the, what what do you say to people who are grieving um i mean i appreciate that's a super practical question yeah. very blokey isn't it it's kind of like but i in, kind of what do we do how do we help people grieve yeah. do you think yeah um i think we the main thing that i know and i know this much <laughs> is that um we're there for them mm. whether it is you know do you want us to bring up some food round whether it's just calling them up checking on them seeing how they're doing see if they want to talk to you mm. shout at you um cry with you mm. i think it's been being with people yeah that's what i've mm. that's what i've gathered and learned yeah yeah, I'd say I'd say it's a very I mean it's a very good point, Dan. Just being with people, just loving on people. Um, don't feel like you have to have all the answers. I think yeah. it's, you know, I, I've put my arm around a lot of people and just sat there and not said a thing because sometimes you just can't you can't yeah, say anything. Absolutely. And um and not being afraid to do that, just being with people and loving on people and praying for people and actually allowing the questions. You know, Christians could Christians can get a little bit uncomfortable when we ask the complex questions like, why has God allowed this? Why did God not intervene? Why has God not answered this prayer? And actually, one of the things, again, that Anna touched on was these questions are good and they are OK and you've got to get them out. Um, you might not get all the answers you're looking for, but they are good questions. And so I think if I'm when I've been with people who are grieving, getting those questions out, um, not trying to answer them with you know, smart ass answers is, yeah. you know, and just that's not why they're asking the question. They're just, yeah. just sitting there with people and just loving on people as they're going through it, I think is, um, is important. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, the Psalms often show us that, that David and some of the Psalm writers, they, they weren't scared of just saying, God, what, 
why have you done this? Why mm. is this going on? Um, they just shout it out. Yeah, they do. And, um, uh, yes. Don't, yeah, don't hold those questions. Don't hold yeah. them back. Yeah, don't don't be. Uh, Sadaf's put here. Don't be afraid to talk to them about their mm, grief. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. I think being don't British, pretend like it's not there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at that. You just <laughs> let's talk about the football as they, yeah. you know, or whatever. The, you yeah, know, you what's do. on Netflix? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and don't get me wrong. There is, as we're going to find out actually with Annie's story, there is a time to change the topic. Um, and he talks about this in quite an interesting way. Um, but I think don't be afraid to talk to them uh, about it. Uh, what's Claire put here? I'm not sure if anyone else here is from another non-English speaking culture, but what I would say is that I find it so much easier to grieve with people and support people through grief when I am speaking in Arabic rather than English. Okay. Uh, Arabic has words and phrases that are full of meaning and love and mm -hmm. faith in the midst of grief that I find really difficult to express in English. Just an interesting observation for me. That is a fascinating observation. Yeah, I, I mentioned this just before this talk with, with Lisa. Saying Lisa's being, Dan's wife, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Saying being, being British, the whole stiff upper lip, mm. We our grief can be very closed in, and mm. we don't want to show it to anyone. And and we might see, especially in Middle Eastern countries, uh, the screaming and the wailing. But people know that there's grief going on, don't they? And they can, mm. it's a way to express what's happening. I went to the funeral of an amazing Jamaican man, um, quite a long, well, probably about ten years ago now. Beautiful, beautiful man. And um, at the at the funeral, as they the, they put the the coffin in the grave, um, all the sons, his sons, had spades, and they helped to physically mm. put the the soil in, and it was um, just a way to ex to express to do something because mm. we're. British, we don't like to do things, and mm. and that being able to do something, I could see um, being very helpful to express that grief. Yeah. I hope that came That's across. Powerful. Yeah, right. no, it did. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's super powerful. I'd have been in bits watching that. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, and his daughters know. were singing. It was pretty powerful. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. Goodness me, can you imagine? I remember. Um, I remember going to, I remember doing a few, taking a funeral in Uruguay, right? I traveled 36 hours, got to Uruguay, um, saw a friend of mine there. And we literally dropped our suitcases off at his house and then went and took this funeral. Um, I was tired. I was jet lagged. And here I am standing in blazing heat and asked to take a <laughs> funeral of someone who I've never met. But what I do remember is that the way they they express their loss and their sadness i had never seen before um and i was reminded you know and you mentioned it earlier dan i was reminded of that story where jesus uh, there's a story in the gospel we talked about this when we went through mark's gospel um where jesus goes to a guy's house called jairus and he's like one of the local leaders he's you know well known in the community and his daughter his young daughter has died and jesus goes to the house and this, we we get caught up in the story about how Jesus goes to the house and and 
raises this girl from the dead. And it's a beautiful story. But but sandwiched between that verse, you know, where Jesus raises her from the dead, there is a house full of people who are weeping and wailing, is what the Bible tells us. There are mourners there um, that are just, you know, letting all of this out. And I think I think Claire's point here about actually, uh, and your point, Dan, about English being both the English culture and the English language being very limited. I wonder if that's why the English find it so hard to grieve, because we, we, we find it hard to express it or to understand it or to speak about it. Um, maybe we should just go and learn some Arabic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting point, Claire. So thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. Really, really interesting point. Well, I think let me close this conversation by saying yet again, uh, we would love to hear from you. If if this is uh, raw for you, if you are grieving and you would like someone to pray, if you do get in touch with us, do send your prayer requests through. Uh, you can put them either in the comments. If you're not comfortable with that, get in touch with us via the website or via the WhatsApp number. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Dan. Thank you so much for joining me, but uh, despite the uh, non-COVID lurgy which yes. you have, that has have, been been a pleasure. Uh, have you have you managed all right? I have only one coughing fit, which is pretty good. Well done, well done. <laughs> uh, it's obviously not man flu; otherwise, you know, we'd be taking you to hospital or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful it's not that serious. Uh, but appreciate you being. Th- thanks for you know. Uh, struggling out with it and being with us uh, and entering in what can only be described as um, a, f- a complex and difficult topic. So I uh, appreciate your, your, your being with us. But next week, we are carrying on our series called What Does the Bible Say About? We are, I think, looking at what does the Bible say about worship? Have I got that right, John? Uh, I'm just checking now here. I, I didn't know the answer to this. Now, you know when you just have a brain melt? Uh, that's just me right now. My brain has just melted. Uh, yes, we are looking at what does the Bible say about worship? Our very own John Farrington, who has been moderating uh, so expertly on Facebook and YouTube tonight, has uh, has volunteered to do this talk. Uh, so John will be talking about worship. I am going to be hosting next week, Dan, check this out, with Mim Moorcroft. Cool. So it will be Mim's first time with us hosting on Crowd. Yeah. Uh, and I'm super excited. I've known Mim for a number of years, and she has a real heart for worship. So I'm super Indeed, excited yeah. she's joining us. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I saw her this morning actually, and she's very excited. We are having a good old chin wag about next week, which would be great. Um, so do join us next week for that. What does the Bible say about worship? The week after that, we are looking at what does the Bible say about health. The week after that, we are looking at what does the Bible say about racism. Uh, then we're getting into what does the Bible say about friendship. And then uh, on the 22nd, no, on the 20th of February, what does the Bible say about cancer with Annie, who I mentioned earlier. So all those amazing topics coming up. Make sure you like and subscribe to Crowd Church so you know what's coming out. And if you head over to the website, put your email address in. We'll even send you an email when things get released. Either way, just get connected. Uh, it's lovely to be with you. As we said at the start, Crowd is an online church. And if you are looking for a church, if you want a place to sort of find uh, to call home, why not join Crowd? We'd love to have you. It'd be great for you uh, to join us. Great to meet you. Uh, Matt has put here, Mim is a legend. Yes, she is, Matt. Uh, she is a legend. And John has put in the comments, so are you, Matt. That's that's 
that's all the loving in right there uh so yes thank you so much for joining us uh, have a great week we are going to close the live stream by playing another worship song another worship track and so when this track finishes uh, the live stream will end automatically again join in with the worship or just read the words let the minister to you um pray and if you've never prayed before try it see how you get on um, and see what God does. It's been an absolute treat and privilege to be with you this week. God bless you. And uh, for those of you who Thank are you very much. pray you know the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Bless you guys. <laughs>